What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the Edison Club podcast. Today, I am joined by a good friend of mine, uh, professional Yu-Gi-Oh! judge and professional Yu-Gi-Oh! player, Tristan Parker. Tristan, what's going on today, man? Hey, Boyd. Nice to be here. Enjoy listening to the show every time, so it's kind of fun to be on the other side of the couch. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, uh, been looking to having you on here for uh, quite some time, so I'm glad we were finally able to work this one out. Yeah, I've been been begging you to let me come and talk to you. <laughs> yeah. So um, you're a Yu-Gi-Oh judge and obviously Yu-Gi-Oh player. When did you first start playing Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, I started collecting when the game came out. Taking a few hiatuses over time, but I'd say competitively. The middle of Teledad. Okay, so that's like 2008, right? Yeah. Okay. Like I've, yeah, like the middle of Teledad. I didn't have Teledad money. So I a really good deck. I had like some bad Dark Warrior deck. Yeah. Times were, uh, uh, times were rough <laughs> back then. Everything was, we think things are expensive now. Things were really expensive then. Oh, yeah. I, uh, like oh eight didn't really have much. Oh nine I had I did play Black Wings. Uh I was playing during the time of Edison format. I was still on Black Wings. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense <laughs> to play the best deck. Uh, <laughs> what uh what would you say is your favorite Yu-Gi-Oh format that you've ever played in? Ishizu tier. I, the so, complexity and competitiveness of the Shizu tier format truly showed me why I loved Yu-Gi-Oh again. Yeah, so that's a pretty <laughs> pretty recent format. That was what late last year, is that right? Or early this year? Early this year. Early late this year. last yeah. year. So you just really liked um, pretty much the concept of both players playing on each other's turns and having to yeah, I, yeah having to keep up with all the interactions and everything going on. Everyone complains that uh, you don't really get to play much Yu-Gi-Oh anymore in modern Yu-Gi-Oh. And Ishizu's tier was the opposite. Both players got to play Yu-Gi-Oh the entire game. Yeah. I always said, like, if I was playing modern at that time, I probably would have played Chain Burn just because I would watch Ishizu decks go off and they would hit, like, Chain Link 12 by themselves. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, chain strike. Chain <laughs> chain link thirteen. Wrong is chain strike. <laughs> so I thought that would be pretty funny, honestly. But yeah, Shizu tier element. I uh, I was absent from the game during that. I I played at one PS five tournament with Crystal Beasts uh, in the Shizu tier element format, and I almost beat our friend Tony. And if I had known, I didn't. Know, I knew that the uh, the Shizu cards. Two of them mill, but I didn't know that two of them return. <laughs> yeah, two of them shuffle stuff back. Yeah, so it, we were, there was like 30 seconds left in time, and he was doing his combo, and he went like, Sprite Elf, target a guy to bring it back, and I chained Spooky Dogwood. And I was like, oh yeah, I've, I've got him with his pants down. You know, like, I win this. <laughs> and he used one of the miller, the shufflers to shuffle the target back, and then just ended turn, and I got cut in half and lost. So, <laughs> if I had known that, Things might would have went went a little bit differently, but 
it was it was fun. I mean, it was very back and forth. It was, I did a lot better with Crystal Beasts than I expected, especially in a format I had played two games with earlier that day. Crystal Beast was such a good rogue deck into that format too. Like yeah. your ability to just like spam out Abyss Dweller and Maguska. Yeah, and you can make the big guy make the big guy that shuffles everything back. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, that's my favorite modern deck, so I think I'll always keep that deck. I can respect that. It's a, it's a really pretty deck too. That's a huge thing for me when I play any card game. Is I like my cards to look nice. Yes. And Crystal Beast is just pretty. Yeah. I enjoyed it during like just collecting the cards during like the uh uh raw yellow mega pack when it reprinted basically everything that was at the time support. Yeah, they reprinted everything that was like common, made them all secret rares. They looked so nice. Crystal Blessing is such a nice secret rare. It is. I can name on one hand the amount of Yu-Gi-Oh boxes I have ever bought in my life because I never buy sealed product. I bought a box of Duelist Revolution when it came out. I bought a box of the Secret Forces, which was a huge neg. I bought <laughs> the set that um, Divine Dragon Knight Felgrand came out of. I think that was... Was that Shadow Specters? I think so. And I bought two boxes of the Pegasus set that the new Crystal Beast cards came out of when they got like Rainbow Bridge, Crystal Bond, all those cards because I wanted the deck so bad. I'm the opposite. I can name on like not one hand the number of cases that I've bought. Oh my god. I've never <laughs> bought a case in my life. I've, I've bought multiple cases. <laughs> I've, I've bought a lot of sold product in, from boxes up. There was a time where I was trying to build Cosmo, and I've, I've actually had pretty good luck with busting packs in my time. I wanted to build uh, Pepe Pendulum back in 2017. It was very expensive, completely unachievable <laughs> for me, and this is a great story. Um, the owners of our old card shop in Mount Airy, they shared a car. So one day the car was broken down. So the owner's wife needed a ride to work. So I was like, I'll give you a ride to work. She worked at Walmart. And I was like, how about you just buy me five packs as payment? So we did that. That's a fair trade. Yeah. So she bought me five Bosch packs. And out of five Bosch packs, I pulled a Cyber Dragon Infinity. This sounds like total bull, but I swear <laughs> on my life. It's the only reason why I was able to build that deck. I pulled an Infinity, I pulled a Dark Destroyer, and I pulled two Pendulum Sorcerers out of five packs at Walmart. That's insane. And I was in my car, and I, I the first one I hit was the Pendulum Sorcerer, and I was like, okay, I only need two more. Then I hit the Eclipser, then I hit the Infinity, then I hit the second one, and I was like, okay, Two's not ideal, but I can make this work with two. <laughs> you can do a lot with that. Yeah, so I ended up buying yeah. my third one, and then I swapped them for Germans when that was like a hot commodity, which didn't really age well, unfortunately. But I still have them, which is pretty cool. So I'm a, I'm a huge Italian fan. Yeah, Italian's really cool. I had the whole um, Noble Knight deck in Italian and French a few years ago, like the original... King Arthur Noble Knights, and I always regret getting rid of that deck. I like the concept of that archetype. Yeah. The ugliest rarity in the game is 
that noble knight platinum to me yes I, I was so disappointed that when that stuff came out that merlin was such a good card but it only came in that rarity i was like ew <laughs> i uh i was at i think ycs atlanta and i'm playing aaron aaron Furman, and he uh Furman, I buy a lot of my foreign stuff off of. So yep. I know Furman has really nice looking high rarity cards. Because I get a lot of my really nice looking high rarity cards off of him. Yeah. And I go to activate some effect. And he hits me with the ugliest platinum rare effect failure. Oh no. That card doesn't even, shouldn't even negate. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was just, I, he saw it on my face. Ew. And he was like, it's pretty. And I was like, I bought ulti first Veilers off of you <laughs> like a year ago. I know you have them. <laughs> he just chose to play the, the Platinum Rare just to make people angry. It, he, he genuinely enjoys it. <laughs> I, I never understood. I'll watch, if you go back and watch some of his profiles. Some of the stuff that's like super high rarity, your uh, turbo back foolishes, your ulti um, effect veiler, stuff like this, uh, just like high rarity quote unquote staples, depending on what the card is. He prefers the platinum, and I never understand it. Yeah, maybe it's a <laughs> thing where he just, you know, he sells and trades for high rarity stuff, but then plays the dookie rarity stuff. No, no, no. If you see the rest of his profiles, Starlights, Platinums, the Turbo Packs and stuff, uh, Supers and Ultras, yeah, it's only certain things that come in the Platinum. That <laughs> man is a, is a one-man army when it comes to enjoying <laughs> Platinum Rare cards. He really is. <laughs> I, uh... Like as, I've been in the game competitively, traveling for events and stuff since about 2016. When I finished basic training and got to my first duty station in Goldsboro, I repicked up the game. Yeah. So started going to events and stuff, buying cards. I now have adult money so I can like fully enjoy the rarity horisms and yeah. not have to like hope I pull it. Yeah. So I'm friends with most of the major medic uh, players in the game. Talk to them semi frequently, always talk or hang out at events. Uh, Nashad, another player I buy a lot of my high rarity stuff off of. I finished playing Furman once. I have a like 40 60 win weight against Furman. Most of the time, he gets it, but out of I think it's 10 matches that we played, I've got four of them. Yeah. Uh, Nashad is standing beside the table just watching. And I talk to Nashad every time I see him. Uh, he sends me messages on my birthday, not just like post to the Facebook wall, uh, wishing me a happy birthday. Will randomly text me, check up, and he sees Furman hit me with one of these platinum rares at an event, and I'm just like shaking my head as it does it because I have to pass my turn when he does it, and he just like enters battle phase, attacks for game, and I was like, yep, and I get up, and uh, Nashad comes over and he goes. I wouldn't even be mad about the loss. I'd be mad about the card. I was like, I it's so ugly. I don't understand why he does it. He goes, 
he does the same thing to us. He will pull out his box of stuff to build his deck. And we see the ultis, the starlights, and all this stuff. And he'll still sl sleeve up the platinum rares that he pulls out of a completely different box. And we don't realize it. And we'll be sitting there playtesting. And next thing I know, I have a platinum rare foolish burial being activated on me. If he... Um... If he played cash, I'm 100% sure he would have been playing Platinum Rare Lances. There's no way he doesn't. He did. He didn't uh, He didn't uh, play many of the big events during cash format. He uh, was mostly commentating the events for the YCS and stuff. Right. But the few events he did play, he was on cash and he was on Platinum Lances. That is hilarious. That man is committed. <laughs> He really is. I, I give it to him. I just can't get behind it myself. Everyone needs to find themselves a woman that's as committed to them as he is to Platinum Rares. And then absolutely, you're just golden. <laughs> absolutely. So you've also been a Yu-Gi-Oh! judge. When did you start judging? Uh, I took the initial judge test and got my judge qualifications the first time. Infernity format, so shortly after Edison. That's 2011, is that right? 2010. 2010, okay, so like late yeah, 2010. It's, yeah, it's a format or two after Edison. Okay. I was playing, I played during actual Edison and during Infernity, but I was just a terrible Yu-Gi-Oh player. I just built <laughs> a lot of really, really bad decks. So... We, we kind of had our own little meta at this flea market that we played at, so I never really knew what the best decks were. I just knew what the best decks at the flea market were. So Hey, when, when you're kids, you can't exactly afford to be on the best decks. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, uh, so you've, if you've been judging almost 14 years. You probably have some really wild judge stories and some wild experiences. What's the craziest thing you've ever experienced at a Yu-Gi-Oh event as a judge? So interestingly enough, my craziest experience is relatively recent. Oh boy. Uh, I want to say probably five months ago or so me and Corey judged um, the Richmond regional up in Richmond, Virginia. Right. It is. We are Yu-Gi-Oh's forty-five minute rounds. Sign your us sheet, your match slip. Turn it in at the front, and then you have X amount of time until the next round starts. Well, round one starts. It goes off. We go a little bit into time or so because it always happens. It's no big deal, but I think it might have been like six, seven minutes into time. And then the tournament organizers do all their stuff. We get everything ready. The judges staff is doing all their stuff behind the scenes. We get everything up. We announced online pairings are up. We put up the paper pairings. Everyone starts heading to their tables and stuff. Well, uh, we had one player who, if you don't turn in your match slip for the table, the tournament organizers, after a certain amount of time, mark it, or we check to see if there's anyone at your table. If there's no one at the table, we put it down as a double match loss. Oh, wow. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, so Konami policy, if no match slip is turned in, it's a double match loss. So 
whether you won or lost, you lost. You lost. Well, one player looks when online pairings are posted, realizes that his um goes to his table, sits down, and then proceeds to realize that he's been marked as a loss. We have already started the next round, though. Like, time is in play. Right. He's in my section. He calls. He hasn't put any of his stuff on the table yet, but he calls me over. So I walk over, and I'm like, hey, uh, what's going on? How can I help you? And he goes, I've been marked as a loss. And I told the head judge, our friend Sammy, for that event, that, or my friend Sammy, not his, that, um... I won, but it marked me as a loss. And he asked that I turn in the match slip and I proceeded to pull it out of my pocket and go, no, I have it right here. He says, policy says it's a double match loss if you don't turn it in. And he goes, well, I had to use the bathroom. The amount of time it takes to do all of this, he still could have turned it in. Yeah, it takes 30 seconds to, to drop it in the box. Yeah, he just didn't. So he was like, and he has his phone up and he was like, I don't see it in the documents. Can you go ask where it is? I was like, yeah, I'll be right back. So I walk up to the judge's table, go to the head judge, Sammy. And I was like, hey, uh, table X and uh, X and Y asked about this in the policy. He's like, yeah, I remember. I told him it's in the policy documents. He's going. I was like, yeah, he's asking me where it's at in the policy documents. He goes, it's in the new policy updates. And at this time, it's maybe two or three weeks or so. It's relatively recent to the new policy updates that Konami had just put out. So I walk back there and I tell him, well, in the time that it's taken me to go ask Sammy this, he has called over another judge. And me and this judge have not crossed paths as he's going to also ask Sammy this same information. Oh, boy. I get back. I tell him this. He goes, uh... Well, I have had to use the bathroom, I had a medical condition, all this stuff. He goes, it's not fair. At this point, we're probably five to six minutes into the match. We're post 40 minutes or post 40 on the clock. Yeah. And he was like, uh, another judge, he was in there talking. So another judge comes up to see if they can help figure out what the issue is, because if long enough for a judge just stands there if another judge sees it we kind of go over to help to see if maybe we can give some insight into what's going on the other judge comes over he's hey what's going on i explained the situation to him <laughs> he explains it the judge that he asked while i was gone shows up proceeds to go oh i've got this and i was like uh he's like Oh, I asked him first. So now there's three of us standing over here trying to have this conversation. Oh my God, this man's going to have the entire staff. judge staff at one table. Yeah, so we uh, there's three judges standing in a spot, which is really uncommon. So the head floor judge sees this and walks over and gets to see what's going on. We explain the situation to him. He goes and talks to Sammy about it comes back we're still sitting there trying to figure out like we can't repair the match at this point we are too deep into this yeah there are already people that have signed their match slips yeah there have already been new <laughs> reports turned in like matches are complete like there's no going back at that point yeah like either people didn't show up 
So they got the game one loss or the match loss because we're 10 minutes deep now, or the entire match has just been won. (laughs) So that's going on. Uh, Two of the judges leave. It's my section, so I have to stand there and keep trying to deal with this. The floor head floor is there with me. Eventually, we get the assistant head judge to come over. We're trying to deal with that. He's not having anything with it. So eventually, Sammy shows up. So there's four of us standing there talking about this. Sammy's brought over the iPad. He's got the new policy updates. We're showing him everything. We finally get him to agree to start the match. We are 26 minutes into the round. His poor opponent, honestly. His his opponent's just sitting there. So because of this... It means he has a 26-minute time extension once time is called. Oh, my God. So we go through everything. Yeah, it it was a time. They start playing die roll and everything. So I start to walk around the rest of my section. I get a couple judge calls about, hey, how's this interaction work, all this stuff. Nothing that took me much time at all. So I don't have to give any time extensions because it's up to the judge about how long it takes for us to answer your question, whether or not you get the time extension. So like, obviously if you ask me a question and it takes me like a minute to explain to you how this works and get you to like understand and agree, I'm not issuing you a time extension for that. It takes me like three minutes. I'm going to give you back your three minutes. Yeah, that makes sense. So we go through everything. Time in the round is called. At that point, it's up to the judges at each section to police their area to try to like get people out, uh, see what rounds are, see what matches are still going. But because I have one that has a 26 minute time extension, I have to go over there. I pull out the chair beside one of the players and I proceed to sit down to watch this match. My entire focus is just going to be on this match until it ends. I sit down few minutes pass and game one ends game one game one what what decks were they playing i'm just curious uh the opponent is on chaos thunder okay playing uh the thunder dragon engine from 28 2019's eternal format and the bestial engine uh from modern Yu-Gi-Oh, it mixes really well bunch of six and fives you get to do some cool stuff okay the player that has caused this time extension is on cash okay and this is pre-banless cash so this is able to zone lock you for nine cash okay all right sounds so sounds like he's ruined this guy's day in multiple ways yeah so first off this opponent his opponent decided to show up to this event with a banished dot deck deck during uh, cash format uh, kudos to him i was real impressed when i saw this man pitch thunder deck uh dragon hawk and then banish it and i was like oh busted he is he's ballsy i like this yeah but they proceed to side um the opponent goes i'll start which is when i found out what he was on i just like saw big monsters on the field or I saw his opponent's full cash field and I saw him have some monsters and then I saw him lose. Yeah. Like Fenrir attack, Fenrir F, banish, redeclare, all that good jazz. 
and he just starts off his turn doing Thunder Dragon stuff and then some Bestial stuff, and he ends on a pretty decent board, and I was like, alright, cool. And game two goes, they're passing back and forth a couple turns, his opponent gets it. And I was like, awesome. And I'm standing there, and I'm looking at the clock count upwards. And I was like, there's eight minutes left to go in Lance left of their extension. That's enough to actually play this out. Yeah. They side, they shuffle, present decks, cut. The uh, the guy that's causing the time extension. I look at the clock and we're um, down to like five minutes or so. His opponent goes, you can start. And I was like, oh. Oh boy. That's on. That's interesting. Because, like, his turn one last game took some time. Yeah. So he's probably not even going to get a turn at this point. Yeah, that part I was like. And I was like, if he doesn't have a way to do burn damage, it results in a tie. I will have set here for an additional 24 minutes to mark this game as a tie. <laughs> it just gets it just gets worse and worse. Yeah, in my head I was like this is insane. His opponent's kind of taken back by it, but he's like all right, cool. And he starts his turn. And he is just comboing. But he's not like in my head I was like I don't know what he's doing. He's not trying to get anywhere. He's just playing cards he's just trying to run out the timer essentially so he's doing things that like are progressing the game state but it's not really like getting him truly anywhere yeah he's just doing things and eventually he's like milling cards and stuff and eventually he mills skull marked ladybug and i was like that's what it is he's trying to get to burn yeah but I've called time in the round. So we're stuck in this guy's main phase. And I was looking that when I did it, I called. I was like, is there a way for either of you to change life? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I have burned. I have a card uh, to burn. I just have to get there. And his opponent goes, I don't have any way to change life right now. And I was like, all right. I can't call this game. I have to let them keep playing. So I'm just sitting there and he's just doing the cards. And I was like, I don't know where he's trying to get. And eventually we get to the skull marked ladybug and he burns. And I was just like, finally, it's over. On this 24 minute time extension, we were 10 minutes into time. Wow. We are 34 minutes past the end of the round. Almost an entire another round could have been played. That but is he, insane. He mills it. Both players, he, the opponent extends his handshake. And he was like, yep, you got it. They um, signed a match slip and everything. And his opponent was like, I knew I didn't have any uh, burn cards or anything in my deck. So I told you to go first to see if maybe like... It would trip you up, you would break, and I could just attack for game. Yeah. And just do some damage. And I was like, yeah, that, that's fair. It's a solid Saturday. Yeah. And but 
I asked him to sign the slip so I can take it up there so we can. It's the only thing we're waiting on. Like everyone else is in a lunch break right now, actually. And these guys aren't getting their lunch break. So this man, yeah, <laughs> this man has made him play over an hour long game of Yu-Gi-Oh. He took all his zones and he took his lunch break. Yep, they, they are missing the lunch break. But I'm about to get up, and the player asks me, he goes, can I talk to the head judge about the bathroom situation? And I was like, yep, that is your right as a player. He goes, okay, I've got to use the bathroom. I'll be up there after I finish. <laughs> is, is this and going to like, get even crazier? <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> and I take it up to the judge's thing, and I turn it in. <laughs> And I look at Sammy and I go, he's going to come talk to you about this bathroom situation again. And Sammy's like, I don't understand what he wants me to do. We're two rounds past now. Yeah. Like, we're about to go into round three. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And I walk over, walk behind the judge's area so I can take a drink, uh, take a drink from my bottle. We're sitting there waiting couple minutes it is not very long and they're like all right judges get ready we're cutting up match slips and everything we announce hey uh online pairings are up paper pairings will be posted shortly so i walk around this guy is talking to sammy i was like all right at least he was quick about getting back yeah I get the paper pairings. I go to the opposite side of the room and I post them up. I come back. I'm grabbing match slips. I'm posting them. And I go to um, after we finish that, I go to my section so I can start roaming around to take any judge questions. I see this guy head to his table uh, shortly before Sammy tells everyone that they can start. So his next round starts at the appropriate time. Like, he only has this issue about taking forever to start a match once. Yeah. Well, progress forward through the day. We're probably... Richmond was nine rounds. We're probably at round eight. I've had a couple other judge calls throughout the day, giving some time extensions. Nothing super serious. Just like your common every event stuff. I have one guy that... Yeah, it's round eight. I have it's the end of round eight that the uh it's not even my section, it's just we've called time, so now everyone's just kind of roaming around to handle the stray matches. These two players are packing up their bags. And one of them goes, Judge, as I walked by, so I just stopped and I was like, Hey yeah, what's up? How can I help you? He goes I don't agree with the results of this match. Oh my gosh. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And he explains going off about something that his opponent shouldn't have won or something, but they've already signed the match slip. Oh my god. This, <laughs> it's this, done. I just I just yeah. don't know what you're going to say next at this point. Like <laughs> Yeah, no, like he signed the match slip stating that his opponent won. Yeah. Based off the ruling that the a different judge had given him earlier. 
like in that match. Oh no. And I was like, I, so I was just like, yeah, we can walk up there and talk to the head judge about it. Sammy I was, like, was I don't probably really thinking up. in that moment. He's like, why is it when something happens, it's always you three? <laughs> <laughs> this time it's like two different players, but like, I'm real confused about what I'm even supposed to do in this situation. Yeah. So I'll just take him up there to Sammy. And I was like, hey, Sammy, I'm, I got an interesting situation for you. And he's like, what's going on? I was like, I'll let them explain because I really don't know. So they explained it. And I'm standing there and Sammy's just like, I'm there's nothing we can do about that. Like. You agreed that you lost and you've signed the match slip. We we can't undo anything. Yeah, it's over and done with at this point. And he proceeds to complain about being slow played into time by cash players and Mathmech, I think it is, was the other. It's cash and something else players. Yeah. All event. And in my head, I was like, I was like, cash doesn't play any burn cards. Yeah. Like, I've never seen a cash list that does this. Why did he not call a judge if he was getting slow played? He wasn't, but he he's just been saying all because we asked him he's like he's like uh Sammy was like, So is you did your opponent slow play you this match? It was no, is it just all event, all these cash players? And I forget what the other deck is, but it's another deck that also doesn't play burn cards. Right. Like, so the two examples he gave me, I was like, this that doesn't check out. Like neither of the deck play burn cards. Yeah, why would they slow play? You know, it's not like <laughs> their goal was to get you 30 seconds to time and then gain life or burn you for life and win. Yeah, they're not scattershotting you. Yeah, exactly. So I was just real confused, but I was like, all right. Well, we proceed to round nine and my round two judge call is playing this man. From the situation we just had. (laughs) You're round two. The guy that had the, the, the 36 minute extra round is playing this guy that has been <laughs> complaining about being slow played. Yes. What the dude, this is insane. This is it, the star. insane. When I asked you to tell me your craziest judge story, I thought you were going to say like, I don't know, like you got like a death threat or something. This is like beyond that. This is like no. the stars aligned perfectly that day for all of this it to was, unfold. It was truly a stars aligned event. <laughs> Okay, I've got to hear about this match. So they show up. They ask each other how their day was. They both have complained about <laughs> their judge calls throughout the day. Oh my god! <laughs> like they both, they both are like, "Oh, it's been okay. I've just had some pretty bad judge calls." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm because <laughs> I walked by it and I just kind of stopped when I saw it, and I'm close enough I can hear it." And they said that, and I'm just like, y'all had bad judge calls. I had to deal with both of you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, what are the odds that they would end up playing each other? No idea. And they're not at good tables. Like, neither one of them, if they win, can has a record to present them with an invite. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, so it's really, they're just playing for fun at this point. Yeah, it really is a just-for-fun match. So, they what ended up happening in their match? 
die roll goes off. The round two judge judge call wins the die roll, draws his opening hand. He does the cash tier thing, special summon unicorn. And at this point, I'm pretty sure his opponent was about like in my head. I was like, his opponent's about to be pissed. Yeah. I was like, this is insane. This is just like, yeah, it's fine. So his opponent does the entire thing, does his combo, zone locks him out of like four. I was like, let's see what happens. He goes, draw, standby, main, any or draw, standby, anything. His opponent goes, Shang F. Gets him a nice little fin I was like, all right, cool. Main. Battle. End of battle, evenly matched. A game one evenly. Yep. It gets better. His opponent keeps the Shang, so his zones are still locked. His opponent, the uh, guy goes, all right, cool. Main phase two, Book of Moon. <laughs> oh, no. To oh, flip the no. Shang. So now his zones are unlocked, and he goes, special summon unicorn. And then he and I was like, it's a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> oh my and he God. proceeds to reverse zone lock this man for four. I, I, I just walk away and I was like, I, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do with because I'm still walking. So like every now and then I'm looking at their stuff. Right. Like when I got to him drawing for a turn, like his opponent ending his turn, I was like, this man's got to be pissed. He just complained about cash. And then just got almost full cash comboed. Yeah. To do the same to his opponent. I was like, this is a hypocrite. Yeah. I don't oh. even know how to do it. But I was like, all right, cool. That is insane. So I, I just walk around, whatever. Time is called and I'll look over to see if their match is still going. And sure enough, it is. Oh, 36 minutes later. <laughs> like th- their match is still going. And I, this is funny so i'll walk over and they go hey judge and i was like how can i help you he goes can either of us get the invite and i was like unfortunately due to uh your records where you're stationed neither of you is eligible for an invite and i was like all right cool so the guy that cost a 36 minute time extension looks at his opponent and goes you got it I'm hungry. I'm going to go get something to eat. (laughs) And Uh, I was just like, I was just awestruck. I thought you were about to tell me that they were like, (laughs) they were, they started arguing about who should get the win from this. And then one guy was going to be like, I got a game loss because I didn't turn in my ticket. And then the other guy was going to be like, I hate you slow playing cash player. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, Oh, and his opponent looks and he goes, are you sure you won game one and this is only game two? And he goes, yeah, it doesn't matter. We can't get the invite. I was just like, yeah, just downright playing for 65th place or something. Yeah, I was just like, I don't. All right, cool. So he just signs the match lib, packed up his stuff and left. And his opponent packs up his stuff, took it up there, dropped off the sheet. And I'm just awestruck. I was like, I don't know what today was. Like, I don't know how to craziest, respond to any of this. Yeah, that's the craziest, like, <laughs> just sequence of events that I think I've heard happen at a Yu-Gi-Oh event ever. <laughs> I thought that when you told me um, 
the guy that caused the 36 minute uh, long extension, when you took his ticket up there, I thought the next thing you were going to say was that the judges lost his, his ticket and then issued a double game loss for that round. I'm just like, th- that man would have been livid. He, well, to be fair, he lost, so he wouldn't have realized that it was uh, a double game that, loss. Okay, well, okay. He just had to, but no, it, it was just the wildest thing. Like, I didn't get my lunch break until the end of round three going into round four. Yeah. Wow. Because judges still have to eat. We we do get a lunch break <laughs> for ourselves because we're there before y'all get there and we're there after. So at some point we do have to take care of ourselves. Yeah. I know but no um, I know a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh players complain about the time rules and them being bad and stuff like that. And I get it. I understand. But it must be so nice to be on the judge staff and not be there until midnight anymore. That part. I I like that Konami gave more time, like 45 minutes. It's nice. Yeah. I understand that some players aren't happy with the end of match procedures. I'm not when I played because I've taken I'm back on another hiatus when I was playing. I wasn't necessarily always happy with it. Because sometimes I do play the big wild combo decks. Yeah. But even then. If you play at an adequate pace, you really don't go into time as much as people think. Yeah. It's just when you do go into time, you get upset about it. But is it is it a the time rules are bad or is it a you need to look at the match that happened and decide whether or not you are playing at an adequate pace the entire time? Because if you are sitting there. And just looking at, say you have two or three cards, and it's taking you a minute or so to make a decision, you're not playing adequately. It's yeah. no longer on the time rules. Yeah, I always tell people when they complain about the time that it takes two pe- two players to go into time. You know, if your opponent is slow playing you, you know, you should tell them to, you know, play faster, or you're gonna have to call a judge. You know, and then they call should the do judge. the same. They should do the same for you as well. And that's a big thing that I don't think a lot of the player base understands is that slow playing, there is no official time for it. Yeah. It is when a judge hands out a slow play warning, it is on the judge's own. Their own discretion, uh, pretty much. Yeah, own discretion on what yeah. we consider slow play to be. Yeah, there was like that rumor for a while that was like, oh, you get two minutes to make a play. And I was just like, that no, that seems very excessive. Like, if you take two minutes to make every play, your turn one dragon combo goes from 15 minutes to like an hour. Like, yeah, there's no way that that is true. <laughs> it, it's not. It is on uh, judge discretion. Yeah. If yeah. I walk around your table and you have two cards and I do an entire lap, of the tables that I have and then I come back and it's still your turn, the same turn and you haven't done anything. I am going to issue you a slow playing warning. Yeah. I've been playing Yugi my whole life and it could happen <laughs> to me tomorrow, but so far I've never gotten any slow play warning. I always feel like I play pretty reasonably at a reasonable pace. Yeah. Like the, and it, 
that's another thing that a lot of players I don't think understand is that when you show up to an event, the policy document state you are expected to know what your cards do. Yeah. So if you get there and where you're in your round, you should know what all the cards in your deck do. If yeah. you have two cards and your opponent really doesn't have anything either, and it's taking you more than like 30 seconds to make a decision, you're slow playing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I I feel like I've only ever like really gotten slow played by someone one time, which I guess is good out of playing Yu-Gi-Oh my entire life. As long as you played. Yeah, I guess that's pretty good, but it was actually pretty recently. It was at a regional in Greenville, South Carolina last year when I got my most recent uh, invite to the WCQ. I played, I was playing Branded versus a Sword Soul player, and I never really even realized just how slowly that this guy was playing. And this is like deciding who gets into top eight. If I win, I make it top. If he wins, he makes it top. And I look over at the clock and 21 minutes have passed and I have had one turn. Jesus. And I was just like, what is this guy doing? So we end up, he finally, I don't know if he realized time was, you know, getting close and that deck can burn. So maybe, you know, he was trying to get to game three where he could just yeah, burn. Yeah, can. That's essentially what ended up happening. We get to game three. He goes first, takes another long turn. There's like five minutes left. He takes like the whole five minutes just to burn me for 12. So could I go back? If I could go back, I would 100%, you know, I'd start out and be like, hey, you need to play quicker or I'm going to have to call a judge. And I don't want you to get a slow play warning. I'm just telling you respectfully to speed up. And then if he wouldn't, I would just would have called a judge and he would have gotten a slow play warning. Oh, that is definitely a piece of advice that I give to a lot of our friends and a lot of my friends, whenever I'm at events, uh, either as a judge or a player, is that if you feel like your opponent is slow playing, call the judge. Yes, absolutely. J just call us. Yeah, it is. It is so much easier to do that than to get upset at the end of the match that, oh, I got slow play. Did you say something? Yeah, exactly. Did if you didn't say anything, then there's no point in complaining. You know, like you had the power to potentially do something because like green interesting enough greenville south carolina about a month after richmond because they're always about a month apart i'm down there and i'm judging and we are at the last round of the day and i've we really haven't had any big issues at this event there's one player that i've seen throughout the day that the first time i saw him i was going to issue him a slow play warning Right. And then I realized he's not slow playing. He in nature is lethargic. He's just slower. Like right. all his motions and stuff, he's just slower by nature. Yeah. He just <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of how the guy that I was slow played against was in a sense. But yeah, there's definitely of him kind of Egging it on in there too. Yeah, no, there, there's definitely a difference. I've seen it, but he's not slow playing. He's generally just like all his motions and stuff are lethargic. Yeah, the way he draws, sets everything. It's every motion he does because I saw him throughout the day, 
just walking around and stuff is lethargic. Sometimes I find myself <laughs> trying to play way too quickly and I end up missing something. So that's where I've kind of tried to improve and play oh, at, good. <laughs> at a reasonable play, r- reasonable pace where it's not so fast. You know, I'm like speeding through it, but not so slow. You know, I'm getting slow play warnings or anything. Yeah, good happy median. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, we get to round nine of this event, and we get a judge call from table twelve, which is the last table at uh, the top table row, and it's uh, his opponent has called on this guy, and I thought it was about to be a slow play war. He's gonna walk down there, <laughs> and it's not. His opponent has admitted to committing to an illegal uh, play. Right. So at its simplest, his opponent just admitted he cheated. It is, his opponent is on the um, for hire runic sprite deck. And the big for hire link draws cards. Like this is this entire deck can like draw six in a turn. Yeah. Off of um fountain plus the big link. Well, the big link draws based off the number of fur higher monsters you have. And he drew three, which is the standard thing, but he should have only drew one. Oh, I see. So he has four cards in his hand and we get down there and like, as the judge of staff, we have a lot of like, discretions the way we can do stuff so we asked his opponent like do you know what the card in his hand was prior to him drawing right because say he like he added it off something so his opponent can verify he had this card cool as the judges we can rewind the game state we will put the cards back in his deck we will shuffle the deck and he will draw one card right his opponent goes no i don't and we asked, so we asked him, like, is there a way for your opponent to verify what card was in your hand? And he goes, no, it was uh, my draw for turn. Cool. We both, we all agree. No one knows what that card in your hand was at the beginning of the turn. He's like, I do. I was like, no, no, no. Public knowledge. No one knows. Correct. And he goes, yes. I was like, all right, cool. There's only one thing we can do about this. It is a game loss. But floor judges can't do it. We have to go get the head judge, and the head judge is the one that issues this. And he was like, but I have a play that lets me do this. And we're like, what? And he explains to us that there's a thing that he can do to let him move one of the cards in his graveyard to put it onto his field so that when he activates the effect, he would draw three. Right. I'm like, yeah, we understand that. But you've already admitted to cheating. Yeah. Like, you admitted this is an illegal activation. And we can't repair it completely. He goes, this doesn't. No, it it doesn't. Because we don't know what card is in your hand at the start of this. Yeah, that could definitely change things. (laughs) So we go up, grab the head judge, explain the situation to him. He comes down. uh, No, he says he wants to appeal. So we went, we grabbed Sammy, explained everything to him. He comes down. Sammy goes over it with them and then goes, I'm going to have, I'm going to side with my judges. This is going to be a, uh, a game loss. So like your side, 
uh, your side, everything. And then since we're giving him a game loss, he gets to decide whether or not he wants to go first or second. Right. He decides to go first. Obviously, the deck can just do a lot. We issue them a time extension for that one. And this time extension was like eight, eight or nine minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, go about throughout the thing. Time's cold. So I'll walk back down to this table. And it dawns on me again about just how lethargic this guy is when he plays. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm watching him do stuff and he's playing at an adequate, there's quotation marks there, pace. It's not that he's slow playing, he's just slow in nature. Yeah. He's doing his best. <laughs> yeah. And I we hit that time. I hey, I go, hey, that's time in the round. And the deck can burn, so he's like, activate this effect, it burns. And I was like, I can't even be mad about it. It's just this was brutal to watch because how slow it's <laughs> how long yeah. it took. Yeah, I can't. Oh, gosh, dude, I hate to watch a, a game and it just takes forever like that. Like, I don't mind if it's like a long game. You know, there's like things going on interacting back and forth, but it's like one person just being very slow. I'm just like, oh, my ADHD brain cannot handle this. Because like. A lot of the community that doesn't talk to judges really doesn't like judges. They think we're very. Out to get them, I guess. Right. I, I don't understand it. We will do our best to help you. We have, because uh, say we do get down to the end of the match, and there's a disagreement on life, we will go through the entire game with you if it's written down on paper, which is why paper's key. Yeah. Like if you go to an event, take you that notebook and write down everything. If you have it written down so we can go back and we can be like, hey, so what did this? We'll do it. Uh, we did it at uh, the last Richmond a couple months ago or last month. We did it. And we we're like, because the two players got to the end of the match and they were like, hey, disagreement on life. One player was saying they're at 42. The other players saying they're at. um, 40-50. Because prosperity and stuff makes math hard. Yeah. So we went through and one person had written down what all the damage uh, being done to both players was. And we're like, all right, what did this? What cards were played? Because it's only like three turns. Yeah, three turns per player. So it's not a super long game. And it's a real complicated game state because it's a cash mirror. And we were able to figure out that the player that's saying he was at 42 was, in fact, at 42. They had just missed on the math for how uh, for the board state. Right. And get it. Sometimes math is hard. Yep, I can agree. <laughs> I can I can agree. I can remember what every Yu-Gi-Oh card does, but I can't remember the answers to my math test. Yeah, but like. Math, math is hard sometimes. So math, math is hard. <laughs> we oh. made sure that all players agreed on what the game state was at each time for each piece of damage. We found out what the error was. We corrected it. We made sure both players were cool with this. They signed the match slip. We went on. Yeah. It only took us like four minutes. 
Yeah. From like the oh. time they called a judge until we were like, hey, here's the thing. It's like four or five minutes. And they're like, all right, cool. Yeah. And that's then awesome. the rest of the day yeah, happened and we didn't have any real issues. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I, I've never really had uh, an issue with a judge before. I did have. Um, I've only ever gotten one game loss from a judge. <clears throat> and it was in 2019. I just come back into playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And I built this. I don't even know. I called the deck odd. Which was <laughs> it was Orcus Danger Dark World. And it was just a homebrew. I love all three of those archetypes. Yeah, it was just a homebrew that I came up with. And it played played Orchestrated Return before that was like popular. Um that card is so good. Yeah. So I played all that stuff and it would just make really crazy fields. And I hadn't played Yu-Gi-Oh! in a long time, but I started off my day really good. I started off 3-0. I'd beaten everyone else that I'd played against. I sit down, I play against uh, Subterra. And when I saw oh, he was playing Subterra, I was like, oh, this is easy. This deck sucks. But I didn't know about Guru. Guru? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of shook and all this stuff. And what ended up happening was I specialed on Nessie and I drew a card. He asked to look at my grave and like look to stuff on the field. And without thinking... I thought that I hadn't drawn off of Nessie, so I drew, and then instinctively I shuffled my hand. So you know, when I have nine cards in my hand, there's no way to confirm that. So correct. We called a judge, and I was like, "Yeah, I drew an extra card. I, I completely admit to drawing an extra card, and I shuffled my hand." So unfortunately, um, that game loss occurred in game three, so I lost the match. And Oof. I was like, okay, I'll be fine. You know, I've, I've been mopping every Orcus player I've played against. Then I got paired up against Guru the next three rounds and lost them all. <laughs> because oh. I didn't know what the deck did. I hadn't played against it. I played against Orcus. I played against Sky Striker. And I played against Thunder Dragons. Because, like, everyone in my area had those. So I knew how to beat those with the deck. But literally nothing else. Like, my Sky Striker guy I played round two... I just went like turn one, like Orcus combo, and then had Grapha and then eradicated him and hit his whole hand. So that's strong. If huh? I could have just played against stuff like that, and I played the trumpet, the brass guy, brass bombard. Yeah, because I <laughs> would uh, I would harp into brass when I had Nessie, and then I can make Savage Dragon. Yep, which is kind of cool. So I uh, I've experimented with some wild stuff with Orcus the. Uh, Leading up to the WCQ that year, I was thinking about Brass Bombard and Mock Dupe. Yeah. We uh, we ultimately did not do that because it's bad. Yeah. But we considered it a couple times. Yeah. Brass. <laughs> Brass is hilarious. So we're uh we're close to the uh hour mark here, so I guess we'll start winding down. Uh so yeah, I really enjoyed hearing that story from the regional, and that's that's definitely the craziest judge story that I think that I've ever heard, and that's exactly what I wanted you to talk about today. It is. It will go down as one of my most entertaining times in the game as a player or a judge. Yeah, this is this is going to be a good episode to listen back to. I'm, we're about to uh, head to locals here in like 30 minutes, so I'll probably play this one back in the car and let everyone listen to it. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's just like, just when you think it's done, it's like you turn another corner and there's like more levels to it. Just kept going and going. And I, I thought it was hilarious. 
Yeah, no, Corey. Corey was there with me for this that day, and I talked about it to him between rounds, and then on the car ride home, and he was just like, "I only had to have like two judge calls the entire day. My day was easy." Yeah, and I was like, that, "That that must be nice." Yeah, must be nice. Is this the same trip where um, you ate like a cheeseburger and your entire cheeseburger fell out of its bun? That's where your profile that picture the, comes from. It is the same trip. <laughs> it is that same trip. That's hilarious. When you first <laughs> uploaded that, I was like, what's this man eating a bun for? And I, I like zoomed in. I was like, oh, this man lost his whole sandwich. <laughs> that is so sad. <laughs> Me and Corey have the exact same Red Robin order. It, it copy and paste. It's the same order. Yeah. We found out that day. Corey picked up his burger to take a bite. <laughs> I go to pick up mine. <laughs> As I'm putting the bite, the burger to my mouth, the patty falls out. <laughs> that is so funny. I love that. Unfortunately, so, I don't love it for you, but it is a funny story. Yeah, so Corey picked up his phone and took the photo, so that was my profile picture. <laughs> Did you, uh, you picked up the patty, slammed it back on there, and just kept going? Or No, no, I... Because Red Robin's Red Robin, you have a fork and a knife. I just set the bun down and ate the patty. You ate it like a hamburger steak. Yeah. I respect it. I respect it. Hey, modern problems require modern solutions. I wasn't <laughs> trying to be defeated by the burger twice. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I guess we're going to get out of here. And All right. I, I will see you it. later today when uh, we show up at locals. Sounds good. All right. We'll see you, man. I'll see you. All right, guys, if you're still here listening, I'm going to take a second to um, talk about the upcoming 5K being held in Raleigh in December. It's being hosted by Big Boy Gaming, and it's a 5.5K Edison tournament where first place is going to bring home a giant card, Black Rose Dragon. If you haven't already watched my video on the playmats that I received from Dragon Inc., I definitely recommend going and checking that out as there is going to be an additional first place prize donated from the Edison Club. So you definitely don't want to miss out on that. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you on the next one.